Would you like to live a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Vetter as he introduces you to cultures of health and healing. Get ready now to try out some healing beliefs and practices from far and wide. Here's the host of your show, Robert Vetter. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so happy to be back today with Cheo Torres, where we're going to pick up where we left off in our last session. And Cheo, you talked a lot about your various teachers, and we, you mentioned them in passing. The connection between those people in your life as teachers of curanderismo, and we talked a little bit about it. I'm going to ask you to give us a definition of curanderismo and then to delve into some of the most important teachers, their teachings and techniques that they've shared with you. Certainly. Well, the definition of curanderismo is um, holistic healing, the healing of body, mind, and spirit. It comes from the word curar, which means to heal. And in earlier years, a curandero would apprentice under another healer or, or someone that wanted to be a curandero would apprentice either a family member or a friend of a curandero. Um, but nowadays, there are schools like CEDEC, Centro de Desarrollo Hacia la Comunidad, Human Development Center in Cuernavaca, Morelos, Mexico. I think you're familiar with that center, Dr. Arturo Ornelas Headset Center. There's not very very many schools, but there are a few schools. Um, Naturopathic medicine is pretty similar to curanderismo. Uh, They work with plants, with rituals, with those things that that are holistic approaches to healing. Very good. That's a good working definition. Now, Cheo, if you could tell us about some highlights of what, how you learned, what you learned, and from whom? Well, I start with my mom. My mom uh, would, would do all sorts of uh, rituals, and she knew so much about plants. At a young age, she taught me a bit about plants. Um, she, had a, she didn't have an herbal garden. She had them spread all over our home amongst the flowers, but she knew her plants. She'd, we didn't have a sprinkler system. No one did back then. She would water her hand to her plants in the morning and in the evening. And she would talk to her plants. And I, there were times on Saturday mornings that I would join her and she would explain the plants and what they were good for. And so I, I believe my mom was my first teacher. And then uh, later on, I would say that Chenchito, whom I d- discussed earlier, was my second teacher. I met Chanchito, you know, and, and, and many years ago, and he was my teacher for about 30 years. He was in Mexico. That was a challenge. I would invite him to the U.S. every once in a while. He would stay with me. Uh, and then when I was in Texas, I re- before moving to New Mexico, I, I read about a, a lady by the name of Elena Avila, who was your teacher also. Mm-hmm. And I got, I was offered a job in Albuquerque and she lived in Albuquerque, actually north of Albuquerque uh, in a suburb called Rio Rancho. And I got to meet Elena and I spent a lot of time with Elena and she was a wonderful teacher. Unfortunately, she passed away a few years ago, a registered nurse, uh, but 
She was a wonderful healer, became a curandera. Uh, and then another teacher of mine was Rita Navarrete, who is, I'm still working with, and you know Rita. Sure. And Rita came to New Mexico probably 25 years ago, before I started my class. I had a, an international conference on traditional medicine here at the University of New Mexico. Uh, Dr. Arturo Ornelas brought a group of healers by bus all the way from Mexico, Cuernavaca, outside of Mexico City. It took them about 20 some hours to get here, 30 hours. Rita was one of the many healers that came. And I met so many wonderful healers, but for some reason, Rita stood out. And, and uh, later on, she joined me 20 years ago for a, a, a formal class that I now continue teaching. And she's been coming for 20 years to this class, but I'm, I've known her for 25 years. And uh, she's still my teacher. She's just a wonderful person. Um, so those are some of my key teachers. Uh, of course, some of my students turn out to be my teachers. They think they're learning from me, but I learn from them. They have so much to offer. <laughs> uh, those are a few people. I, I, in the book that I wrote called Curandero, I, I have biographies of, of all of the, the teachers that, well, not all of them are my teachers, but all of the curanderos that have made an impact on, on this tradition that I've worked with. And, and you're in that you're in the you're in that uh, book also, uh, including Chenchito and many others. And I'm honored. <laughs> can sure. we can we talk a little bit about Chenchito? Um, can specifically, I'd like you to describe how he acquired the information that he would share during his public sessions and what those public meetings were like, including the one that that I was fortunate enough, enough to be there for. Well, Chenchito. I believe learned from his mother. His mother was one of the f first apprentices of the famous Nino Fidencio who died in 1938. Chinchito vaguely remembers El Nino Fidencio. Remember, he, 1938 is when he died. But, but he recalls a little bit about, about Nino Fidencio. But his mom was one of the original disciples and assistants of the famous Nino Fidencio. So he became a full-time healer. I mean, that's all he knew, healing, and he had quite a following. He was one of those very strong healers that started the Fidencista movement. He would go into it, he would channel spirits and would go into a trance and, and assume the body and voice of the famous Nino Fidencio when he did his healings. Uh, he was probably one of the strongest healers that I have ever been around, a very kind person. Uh, he lived a life of poverty, never made a penny, and whatever money he made, he gave to the poor and needy. Um, when he would come to see me, I would gather used clothing and money, and he would go back to Mexico and get his old pickup and distribute all the clothing and money to the poor and needy. He told me a famous or not a famous, but an impressive story one time. I was staying in his home. His home was one big room in Espinazo. He had two homes, one in Espinazo and another home in Control, Tamaulipas, Mexico. And I couldn't sleep. I mean, there were like 40 people sleeping on the floor in this tiny home. So I got up at about two or three in the morning and I went outside uh, to the kitchen. The kitchen was outdoors, in the open air. 
And there's Chinchito sitting um, in having uh, herbal tea. And he said, sit with me. So I sat with him, with him and he was telling, he started telling me a story that made an impression on me. He said, Cheo, about five years ago, I was sick and I thought I was gonna die. So I gave away just everything that I owned. I gave away my furniture, my food, my clothing. And then one lady came to me with a sick baby. His baby was crying and said, Chanchito, I have no money. Can you help me with the medicine for my baby? And I'd like to see a doctor. He said, I have nothing to give you. I've given everything away. And he said, wait a minute, bring me some pliers. So the lady found some pliers and brought them and Chanchito pulled his gold tooth and said, here, here's a gold tooth. See what you can get for this. Wow. And then Chanchito said, Cheo, after two weeks, I decided I wasn't going to die. So I got back my furniture, some of my food, my clothing. I got everything except my gold tooth. <laughs> and I started laughing. I said, well, what a wonderful story. <laughs> so, so I tell this story about Chinchito, and I, I believe I write about this story in my, one of my books. So that gives you an idea how given these healers are. And like Chinchito... Elena was like that, Rita is like that, uh, Laurencio is like that. They, they give and give and get very little in return. True. I wanted to talk a, a bit about what actually goes on when Chenchito is channeling the spirit of Nino Fidencio. Because to be perfectly honest with you, Cheo, I have always been skeptical of channeling of the claims of people who are able to channel an entity, the spirit of a person who has departed. I have to tell you, when I was present, when Chenchito uh, performed, I don't know quite what to call that session, where he was channeling when you and I were there, I can't explain what went on. But it was something that I will remember till my dying day. I'm like you, Bob. I can't explain it. The, the, the problem with Chinchito, when he was close to 90, he couldn't channel anymore, barely. And if he channeled, it would be for a short time. His body was weak. And he said, but when he was strong, I saw him channel, and he wasn't making it up. It was real. And when he came out of his trance after two or three hours, he was exhausted. Uh, and he would go to sleep, and he would sleep for several hours um, you think about how much he was his body was was working uh, under these conditions um, two or three hours I mean standing and seeing patients hundreds of patients uh, it, it just wears you out no doubt but, but I really can't explain that I, I can't it, and not everybody can do the channeling I mean it just takes a lot of practice I'm guessing and your special gift that this man had, he didn't always, when he came here, he, he could barely, unfortunately, because of his age, he could barely channel. But he knew so much about healing. He knew so much about plants. He knew so much about rituals. He, he was a great psychologist. He could tell people. I mean, it's just incredible how the wisdom of this man, um, and, and I'm just uh, amazed. Uh, they just don't make these people anymore, the Chanchitos. Yeah, exactly. Well, if if you were to come up with a, a summary of what what you learned 
in terms of the, the wisdom and the teachings of Chinchito, how would you sum it up? I learned to be humble. I learned to be given basic things that sometimes we forget. I learned how to listen, those very basic things. I learned what's important in life, and it's not the material things that we own. It's giving to other people and helping others. Just basic things that we forget, Bob. We're so attuned to, to material things, to, to the TV sets and to video games, and that we forget about what it is to help others. In return, it makes us stronger and richer. Well, he was certainly an inspiration. I want to turn my attention for the last couple of minutes, if we could, to Elena Avila, who wrote, I mean, along with your books, her book, uh, Woman Who Glows in the Dark, is the one book on curanderismo that I recommend to people uh, who want to learn about this art, because it talks about it from the inside, rather than as an objective researcher describing it from the outside. I thought Elena did a brilliant job of describing what her life was like as a curandera. And I'm just curious to know a little bit about what your experiences were like in learning from her in the time that you spent with her. I spent a lot of time with Elena for several years, maybe 10 years or so. What I learned from Elena is that I give her credit for the soul retrieval concept that she started. Her idea after working with native healers and, 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 and Mexican healers was that sometimes we go through traumatic experiences. Whatever caused that trauma, whether it's a burglary, a robbery, a sexual assault, whatever it is, you have trauma. And the trauma is causing stress and is causing illnesses. And the idea that Elena has is you, 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 you've lost part of your soul, your spirit. Some people call it the energy has been damaged. So she's trying to bring, and your soul has left your body and it's wandering. And, and that's why you're having these trauma experiences. But through certain rituals and limpias, energetic cleansings, she's able to bring, she was able to bring back your soul to your body and therefore help in the healing process. And she termed it the soul retrieval. She did other things that you recall uh, to bring back your soul. Mm -hmm. uh, or some people say that it's your aura, it's your energy that's been damaged and you're, you're, you're smoothing your energy. Therefore, it helps in the traumatic experience. Uh, what a wonderful uh, concept that she coined and she wrote about. Yeah. And um, what a wonderful woman that she was that we lost, unfortunately. I, I really attribute to her uh, how I learned uh, the platica part, the heart-to-heart -heart talk, because as a psychiatric nurse, she had a particular way of working with people where she was able to delve through layers of interpretation and emotion to really get down to the root cause of what needed to be healed, um, whether it was through the limpia, which as you said is the, the cleansing ceremony, or through soul retrieval where that, that lost part was brought back. But she was brilliant. 
in her work. I'm glad you brought the plantic. The plantic was part of the soul retrieval concept that because you talk about your problem and then she goes over the the, the limpia with feathers or with uh, plants, and um, but that is that is part of the the concept that she coined, and a lot of people use that now. Mm -hmm. So she reminds me of the famous Teresita Teresa Urrea, whom I write about, who died in 1906. Think about it. Read about Teresita and then think about what the qualities that Elena had, and they're very, very similar. That'll be my homework. Yes. <laughs> well, Cheo, this has been wonderful. I've really enjoyed part two of our conversation together, and I look forward to part three, where we'll get to talk a little bit about the work that you're involved in now. Thank so, you, Bob. Thank you so much for being with us today, Cheo. You bet. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Cultures of Health and Healing with Robert Fetter. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show and share it with others. Until next time, remember, your health and healing matter, and you can find your own unique path to optimum wellness.